0: Our readings this evening are all from Proverbs. Uh, they can be found in the centre of your service orders. I'm going to read some of them, and not all of them. So uh, I'll tell you where we're going. We we'll start with Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 6. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 4, 10-15 Listen my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it, Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And finally, Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 4. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster.
1: Thanks, Steve. Um, good evening. My name's Steve. I'm the youth minister here at Bishop Huntington Church. Great to see you all this evening. And uh, I want to tell you about something. There's a game show in Japan called Takeshi's Castle. And see, uh, this game show is the most ridiculous game show you will ever see in your life with the most crazy and ludicrous challenges. One of them... It's called knock-knock. And see, in knock-knock, the contestant has to choose between one of four doors. That sounds simple. But, 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 but behind three of these doors is a brick wall. Like, one of these doors is paper-thin for them to, to, to walk through unscathed. And they choose a door, put the hat on, and sprint full pace at the door. So they have a one-in-four chance of going through unscathed. Otherwise, like that guy in the bottom, they're going to end up in a lot of pain. And so you see these fully grown men and women like putting these helmets on and sprinting full pace at the door. They jump into it and go flying back in the floor in absolute agony. And it's, it is quite funny to watch. But um, is, is that what decision making in life is like? like do we hope against hope that we, uh, that we don't end up on the floor crumpled in a heap by our choices? Or is there some way to get wisdom and guidance? And see, that's the theme of our our evening service tonight, guidance. And we're going to go into the book of Proverbs to help us. And and see, Proverbs is an amazingly warm and rich book, written like a father talking to his son. And here's how it starts. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction. And see, wisdom is what Proverbs is all about, this, this word wisdom. And see, wisdom is knowing how to live right in God's world. Wisdom, they do have to live right in God's world. And, you see, because these are wisdom, they're meant to be um, read differently to other things. Like, they're not memes or Snapchat messages for us to, to look at once, quick glance, and we're done, no. We're meant to savour the words of Proverbs, to slow down and chew on them. A bit like this. When you're faced with a chocolate bomb with salted caramel sauce... What weapon would you use? Would you go for the beast spoon? It's quite, quite big. Or the teaspoon. Hands up for, for, for the beast spoon? Ah, oh, yes, I see a few of you. Nice. Hands up for the teaspoon? Yeah, nice. See, I, I, I would always, keep that there, always use a teaspoon. Always, but because a teaspoon forces me to slow down. So, so that I enjoy every morsel. And so I get all of that chocolatey, goodness goodness going through my mouth. Oh, 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 slower. It slows me down to enjoy it more. And see, proverbs, they're meant to be eaten with a teaspoon. Right? They're meant to be savoured, chewed on, delighted in. So the flavour of those proverbs lives long in our mouths as we think about them and dwell on them. We eat them with a teaspoon so um, after service tonight do take home the, the, this yellow sheet uh, that's got probes on it and so take that home and eat them with a teaspoon and we'll come to the screen in a minute so with <laughs> a teaspoon uh, uh, um, uh, but decision making do you know roughly how many decisions a human being has to make each day anyone want to guess a number? 600 600 any, any advance in 600? Oh. 2,000 maybe over here, I think I heard. But what, what the internet says, between 612 and 35,000. Like <laughs> That's a wide scope. But, 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 but the, the basic principle is this. like um, We have a lot of decisions to make all the time, don't we? Like what to wear, what to do, what to eat, what to think about. Uh, like so many things to decide. And actually, it's easy to become paralysed by the sheer weight of decisions coming our way, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Every decision that you make has consequences that you cannot see uh, and has outcomes that you have little or no control over. That's scary. Like, every decision we make has consequences we can't see. We don't know every permutation of the the choices we make. That's quite scary, isn't it? Because we don't know the ripple effects of the decisions we make and who it's going to impact and how it will impact them. We, we, We can't see that. There's a book called The Sound of Thunder. And in this book, The Sound of Thunder, the writer explores this whole idea of decision-making. Um, we're not going to read it to you. Instead, we're going to watch The Simpsons version of it. So we'll put it on the screen and we'll watch a little clip from The Simpsons.
0: I've go back to the time when dinosaurs weren't just confined to zoos. <laughs> okay. Don't panic. Remember the advice your father gave you on your wedding day. If you ever travel back in time, don't step on anything. Because even the tiniest change can alter the future in ways you can't imagine. as long as I stand perfectly still and don't touch anything, I won't destroy the future.
1: Stupid bug, you go squish now. (laughs) (gasps) But that was just one little insignificant mosquito. They can't change the future, right? Right? As you can guess, the whole future has changed because of that one mosquito being crushed. Um, but, 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 like, the point is, even these tiny, insignificant decisions, we don't know the ways they're going to impact other people, and so actually, we should be paralysed. And often we are paralysed into inactivity before decisions we've got to make. We're scared to make them because we might make the wrong choice or go on the wrong path. But luckily, the great news is, as Christians, we haven't got to be scared. As Christians, we can make decisions without fear. Because, Proverbs 16, verse 4. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. God is in control of everything. This is our headline. God's in control of everything. And that's a constant theme in Proverbs. Um, Proverbs go, go, in Proverbs 16, verse 33, it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. See, this is the right of the Proverbs, so I think of the most random occurrence he can. And he chooses the rolling of dice. And he says, even over the rolling of dice, God's in control. A five and a four. God knew that was going to happen. God's in control, that. he did that. That's awesome. Like, God's in control. And that means, right, you can't surprise God. You can't sneak up on him and go, boom. You can't plan a surprise party for him. He knows what's happening. He plans it all. God is in control of everything. And that's really comforting news for us. Proverbs 16, verse 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. God is in control. Which means we haven't got to be scared of making decisions because he's in control. It puts them into the perspective they're not as big or as scary as they seem because God's in control. And so we haven't got to worry ourselves sick or get stressed or fear the future. Because God's in control. And so we can breathe and relax when making decisions. Because God's in control. But yet, there are days when it looks like God's not in control, aren't there? There are times in our life when we look at the world and we think, how can God be in control of this? In those times, we're told to look at Jesus. Jesus. Here's what Kevin DeYoung said. He said, The most heinous act of evil and injustice ever perpetrated on the earth. The murder of the Son of God took place according to God's gracious and predetermined will. So, he went to the cross and said, If ever there was a day when it looked like God was out of control, it was that day when Jesus died. I mean, think about it. There on the cross is the Son of God. God's rescuer sent to save and sort the world out. And he's being murdered? Like, surely God's lost control. God's own son dying on a cross. How how can God be in control of that? Proverbs 16, verse 4. The Lord works out everything to its proper end. See, that most dark and most darkest and evil of days was God's plan. Uh, Peter, in his great speech at Pentecost, shouts out, This man, Jesus, was handed over to you, By God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. So God planned the death of his son to bring about something monumental, something sensational, something truly incredible. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Like Jesus died so that we could be friends with God. Out of that most darkest and evil days comes our greatest good. Out of that horrific death comes our glorious life. And if God was in control on that darkest of dark days, then we can trust that now in our dark and difficult days, God's in control too. He's the same good God. Uh, and see Proverbs and God calls us to trust him have a look at Proverbs 3 verse 5 potentially the most well known of all the Proverbs it says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your understanding we trust that he's in control we trust him not ourselves or our ability to reason things out we trust that God's in control and as God who's in control he's good and he doesn't take risks so we can take risks. See, he doesn't take risks. So we can make decisions. We're freed. We have to be paralysed. Because God's in control. That's like our big headline. God's in control. But there's more for us too. Have a look at Proverbs 4 with me. Proverbs 4, verse 10. Listen, my son. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Um, Lizzie, my wife, she likes me. She, she, she loves me. Like, and she puts up with a lot that I do, as you can probably imagine. Like, I'm one of the messiest eaters known to mankind. And uh, you walk into the kitchen after I've finished cooking and it's a bombshell. And Lizzie puts up with it so graciously. But there's one thing I do that makes Lizzie cringe. Right? One thing I do that makes her put her head in her hands and go, oh my word, what have I done? <laughs> Bowling. Like, some of you have seen me bowl. I cannot bowl. That's not an overstatement, an understatement. I just can't bowl. I am useless. Like, like, I I use two hands to gather the ball, not even the finger hold things, and just lob it and hope. Like, my whole technique depends on those beautiful barriers. Without them, I'm in a ditch getting zero. Like, I pinball back and forth and hope it hits something. Those barriers keep me safe. Otherwise, it's bad news. Like, I honestly can't bowl. (laughs) And see, Proverbs 4, um, is talking about wisdom like those barriers on a bowling alley. If we're the bowling ball, the way of wisdom, like those barriers keeping us straight, like, like the training wheels on a tricycle that keep us from falling over and getting hurt. Wisdom keeps us going God's way. And remember, wisdom is how to live right in, 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 in God's world, and one of the big cries of the is to get wisdom at all costs. And so where do we get that? Well, have a little look. Proverbs 9, verse 10 gives us the answer. Where do we get wisdom from? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And fear of the Lord is fancy Old Testament speak for a right friendship with God, a right relationship with God. So, so see, see, wisdom that, that like, starts with God. It starts with Him, with knowing Him, with loving Him, with treasuring Him. That's how we go on the straight path. It starts with God. And, I mean, that's obvious, isn't it? Like, if we want to walk his way, we need to know the guy we're trying to walk his way of. that makes sense? It starts with him. And so, in any decision making, whatever we choose to do, whatever we choose uh, to think about, like, the most important thing is not where we live. It's not what job we do. It's not even who we marry. The most important thing is who we love. Loving God. That's the primary building block. And if we let nothing move that in our decision making, we'll be doing good. That's where wisdom starts. So we've got that in place. Then what happens next? Well, let's think about three different types of decisions we've all got to make in our lives. And two of them, is quite easy to know what to do, but the third one's going to take a bit of working out. So we'll go through these three. First thing, matters of right and wrong. So Stephen, in a few years' time, um, is having a difficult time in his marriage. And he sees a, a, a girl over there and he starts thinking about her. Now, for that Stephen, is it, <laughs> his thoughts going through his head, is it right for him to leave his wife and chase after that girl? Well, what does wisdom say? Proverbs 4 verse 14. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Like, like the wise thing God says, is to avoid any path that leads to evil or wickedness or sin. So if those thoughts are in our heads, we turn away, we walk away, we don't think about it anymore. Nice and easy. Because otherwise we're walking towards a cliff edge without a railing. And it's ending bad. In matters of right and wrong, we avoid evil at all costs. Nice and easy, right? Second one. Matters of triviality. Now, this is a decision I face every morning. What hat does Stephen Demetrio go with? Does he go with the tried and tested Superman classic? Option one. Or does he go with, with, with the more uh, new number, the green number? Or, or, or how about you're sitting there typing your homework up? Do you go for century gothic with the curves and the lines? Or do you go for the more classical calibre? options. See, and the wise thing in these matters of triviality, like what to have for lunch, where to go on holiday, what present to get your best friend, the wise thing is to just choose. Like, God's given us a brain, and he says, like, I'm in control, just choose and get on with it. Nice and easy, right? But what about the third type of decision, matters of judgment? Keep them safe. Matters of judgment. These decisions like, what do I do next year at university? Do I study art or or, 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 um, physics? Like, do I take that job up in London or not? Do I move up to London or not? And decisions, um, that girl I've been dating for three years, is she who I should marry? These decisions where neither option um, leads to blatant sin, so how do we choose? Well, God gives us some help. But before we get there, some of you may be thinking these decisions through in your life or may have these to make this year. And often we make these ones the big ones, don't we? These are the ones that paralyse us the most. Like university or A-level choices. Who to marry, what job to do. And remember what God says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, God's priority in these decisions is godliness. Whether you're married whether you're single, whether you're studying architecture, or whether you're studying biochemistry, or whether you're a plumber, or a cleaner, or an office worker, godliness is his priority. But then beyond that, how do we choose? Well, Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 6, and we've got a little four-point plan for us. Joyous. Let's have a look. My son... If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turn your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for its hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes understanding and knowledge. Here we go. That decision in your head that you're thinking about for university, for job, for moving, whatever it is, here's what we do. Number one, we store up God's commands. Like, like we read the Bible. This is God's word. This is the primary way he speaks to us today. So if you want to know his path and his way, well, we've got to open it and hear from heaven, haven't we? So we store up his commands, we open this, we read it. And we also check our motives against what God's word says. And we see where our decisions are selfish or God-oriented. We start God's commands. We go to the Bible. That's first and foremost. Secondly, we call out for insight. We pray. We pray, and we pray for guidance from our good shepherd, as we sung this evening. We we pray and we ask that we be humble to 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 receive correction and receive advice. We pray for wisdom. And our God promises to give us wisdom, to help us. And we pray for the right motives and the right choices to make too. We call out for insight, we we pray. So we start God's commands, we call out for insight, we go to the Bible and we pray. Thirdly, we turn our ears to wisdom. We go to others. So, do me a favour. Look at the person next to you. Give them a good old eyeball. Eyeball the person next to you. Nice. Now, this may shock you. It shocked a proud person like me. But the person next to you has wisdom that can help you. Like, they're a wise person. And, you see, proud people like me need to hear that. Because Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, the way of the fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. One of the big marks of the fool in Proverbs is ignorance of other people. It's the attitude that says, I've got this, I can do this, I'm good on my own, thanks. The wise person in Proverbs is constantly asking for advice and looking for help from others. I mean, God's made us a community for a reason. So we turn our ear to wisdom. I mean, listen to two ways. One of them is, is, is to read books, read good Christian books. Who, from people who have, who have sounding and great advice for us. Um, if you're looking to make a decision, by the way, and you want a book to read, do read this one. It's called Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. Absolute stonking book. Do read that. But that's one way. The second way is the people around you, like godly men and women, uh, who we trust and who we respect, who we know will tell us not always what we want to hear, but they will always tell us what we need to hear. We turn to others for their counsel and guidance. So we get to the Bible, we pray, we ask others. And then fourthly, we just do something. We act because we know that God is in control. And so that frees us up to act. But But here's the thing. Even after all of that, we still may make a bad decision. Not a wrong one, but a bad one. We still may make a silly decision that that, that leads to us getting hurt, others getting hurt. But if our God's in control, we can relax. And we can learn from our mistakes and grow in wisdom for the next time. Because God is in control of everything. And if we're still struggling with God being in control, we keep going back to Jesus. Keep going back to the cross and remembering that that most heinous act of evil ever perpetrated on the earth, the murder of the Son of God, took place according to God's gracious and predetermined will. We turn to Jesus. Because God is in control and that's awesome news for us. So let's pray together. Guide us, O Thou great Redeemer, pilgrims through this barren land. We are weak, but Thou art mighty. Hold us with Thy powerful hand. Amen.